I would rather have a dog fruits than a wife. I would rather have a dog fruits than a wife. I would rather have a dog fruits. Rather have a dog fruits. Rather have a dog fruits than a wife. Than a wife. John, I'm leaving you. Your what? It's me. Oh, the dark fruits. It's Synergy House. Cute titles. This is weird. Now all I've got are dark fruits and no wife. <laughs> now all I've got are dark fruits and no wife. All I ever seem to have is a can in my left hand. I used to have my wife in the right. Now it's only my cock and I'm wanking. Yeah, I'm wanking all day. I got a 24 pack of dark fruits today. Yeah. I went through them all and I went and bought some more. I've used all my gyro on these little balls. Now I am an alcoholic with no wife. I bought a box of ket from a man. Hello everyone, welcome to Synergy House, this is fucking weird, this is Callum Simpson here in the hot seat, Samuel Donnelly, let's just say, has been struck down with coronavirus, so he's, he's not here anymore. Um, Sorry Sam. It's weird isn't it? It's, hot. Oh, it's weird. It, it feels like we're in like some sort of film, like, yeah. it's ironic for the, the given the subject matter, but... Like, like I am legend, the, the lobster. The lobster, actually. yeah, not it's like, way. especially now, it's been announced that yeah, you, there's going to be police on trains and in supermarkets, and they can arrest you if you cough. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, where's I your, where's your wife, son? And, oh, I don't have a wife. Well, you're going to be turned into a peacock. <laughs> it's like, it's mental to think this all started because a bloke eat some, ate some bat soup. Bat soup disease. And we used now, to joke about it like as little as three yeah. weeks ago, and now it's a serious fucking issue. Now we're getting arrested for coughing. Yeah, it's it's. It's it's like it's it's like Black Mirror. There's so many things to liken it to, but everything that you can liken it to is like uh, fictional versions of dystopias yeah, that no, have been created. It's strange. And now we're living in one. And it's, I mean, when one of our hosts is gone as well, yeah, it's it? it's like um, get well soon, Sam. He hasn't even got the coronavirus yet. I mean, yes. he might do by the time this goes out. It's a fast-moving thing. Yeah. Maybe we'll both be dead as well. Yeah, who knows? This could be the last episode ever. We're coming to you live from the bunker. <laughs> The City Joe's bunker. Like the boat that rocked the legal pirate radio. Like it just it's just a really weird time for the world and I feel like nothing's really ever happened like this in, in modern history. No, not at all. No. It's like it's almost like being in the war, being an evacuee. No, it is, isn't it? Because obviously like, universities have been shut down and things like that, so you're seeing everyone going home, you're like, I don't know when I'll see you again. It's really fucking weird. Because as I was uh, saying to you just before we pressed record, I was speaking to Lucy before, and I was like, I might see you in a month, mm. might see you in six, yeah. or never again. Never, never, ever again. Maybe this is it for the world. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's fucking weird. But the, on a good note, as we were talking about earlier, the 
the world is getting better. No, which is it's true. Getting repaired. Maybe this was all Mother Nature's way of sorting us all out. Mm-hmm. Because climate change and stuff, the old boomers don't want to listen. <laughs> and now they've created a disease to kill them all off, so they, they don't have to listen because they'll just be in the ground. I think it was nice to see like the picture of the uh, the, cana- the canal. Is that what you call mm. it, Venice? Yeah, with like the dolphins and fish and yeah. that. I mean, seeing what it was to what it is now, it's, it's amazing. And like the sky in China, the most polluted place in the world, that can see things see now. See things yeah. for once. It's, it, it's crazy. Like... It almost seemed like because the past two years have been dominated by like climate talks and yeah. things like that. It almost seems like it, this was meant to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. What it's you mean, saving yeah. the world essentially. Which is a strange way to put it. Like yeah. a virus is cu- no, it's not curing the world. That's feed the oh, world. We might do a Cinejo's Christmas single this year to raise funds for everyone affected by coronavirus. Me personally, what's what's your thoughts on it, Bradley? Like in terms of, are you scared of it? Are you worried about it? But um. I think for me it's changed completely because when did it was at the start of the year it kind of yeah sort of yeah sort of, like very little thing wasn't it in yeah. the beginning because I remember when it first came out I was like it's nothing well, mm. you know we've we've had things like this we've had bird is it bird, bird flu, flu swine, swine flu. flu Ebola I was like it, they they are things we've had in our lifetime we'll be fine but then as January February and now March has come it's become a lot more serious like mm. especially. It seems in the past week, it's gone from, like, I'm doing hand movements here. It's gone from not zero yeah. to about a fucking million. Like, the cases are just doubling every day. I'm sure, like, yesterday on the news, it said, like, there was about 700 in the country, and now there's 2,800 or something ridiculous like that. <sighs> in, a, in a day. <laughs> yeah. And there's supposed to be, like, over 100,000 undiagnosed cases just in this country, so people are just walking about coughing on cats and stuff. Oh, and just... Coughing on cats? I don't think, can dogs or cats get, I remember No, exactly, that's like... why you need to save your coughs for the cats. Yeah! Is <laughs> uh, that you coughing up phlegm at a cat? Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, yeah, we, we sort of went on a tangent there, didn't we? Yeah. What, what are you, what are your feelings about it? I'm, bad vibes? I'm, I'm getting very bad vibes, but I'm, I'm not scared in the sense of it's keeping me up at night, mm. because I genuinely, I do believe that it's, it is going to get worse, but then it's going to get better. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's just, when is it, that's going to happen? It's The only way it can get better is if everyone basically does what Italy and Spain have done and block the country off from any yeah. out, any contact from each other and the outside world, which is seems ridiculous to do. I don't know if you've actually seen the news, but I, uh, this has just come ahead talking about this. I don't think there's been any more reports in China or something like that. Yeah, Wuhan, where it started. Wuhan, yeah, no reports. Um, should we get our tinfoil hats? Oh, sorry, I'll just point out for a minute. Um, I don't actually care. Like, I'm just business as usual. I'm not yeah. going out. I am limiting myself. I'm not going to, like, pubs and clubs and all this anymore. And yeah. I, I am quite the boogie. You know, man, it's, it's, hard, it's hard for me to stay in. But... <laughs> Like yeah, I'm I'm just cracking on. I'm I'm like you can't be scared of it. I'm not like no. coughing on people and stuff. But I'm I'm if I need to be somewhere, I'm going. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, you we were talking about you doing going to Cannes. Mm, yeah, uh, I was going to go to Cannes and it doesn't well they haven't cancelled it yet. Yeah. Balls on the boys, like fucking they don't care. But and by all signs, it seems to be continuing. And if it does, I'll go. Uh, but you'll still go. Yeah. I'll get my flight for about ten pence now. It's true because I think some. It might have been actually you. Was it like? Is it seven hundred to go to LA or something like that, or something? Yeah, it's for like re- a, week, a week in a four five star hotel. Yeah. yeah, mad. Um, yeah, like there was. I seen an article today about um in Middlesbrough, the home county for Big Cal. <laughs> um, like a woman got coronavirus and she'd done like a little interview in the Gazette, mm-hmm. 
And she was going, all of you teasiders need to start taking it more seriously. It's more serious. I've had a cough for three weeks. Like, all right. You've had a cough? <laughs> Fuck off. Like, yeah. if you're old, if, you, if you've if you got a health problem, completely understand it. Mm-hmm. But the life I lead, I don't have to come into contact. Well, obviously, avoid my nana and stuff now. Yeah. I don't have to specifically come into contact with old people no, and young you people. Mean, yeah. And also, I don't have it. So there's no reason for me to not keep going out. And if old people and like people who've got problems that could be affected by this seriously are still going out, mm-hmm. I think they need to ask themselves a few questions, really. No, it's true, yeah. Why put yourself in so much risk? Like, fair enough, you still need to go out, but there's things like home deliveries and family and friends and all this shit. There's no reason. If you are worried about this, don't go out. There's many, many things in place mm-hmm. to help you. And this is just talking about that, like shopping and that. This is a small little rant. Every arsehole, if you I don't yeah, care if you listen to this, <laughs> yeah. Every fucking arsehole that if you listen to this and you've done this, I want you to stop listening, and you're metaphorically. Oh, that was loud, wasn't it? That was bloody loud. I threw Jesus. it away as well. Christ, that's some distance you've Sorry made everyone. there. It's all right. I don't know what I'm saying. It's all right. It's... <laughs> but uh, yeah, stop panic buying mm. the lavy roll. There are people who need it more than you, you selfish bastards. Like me, actually. Um, I'm a man known for my shits. Oh, you are. I am. And, you know, take a while. They look great, look magnificent. I, you look at them and you're like, how did that come out of a, boy, a boy's arsehole, you know? <laughs> a, a lad's so small, how did, how did he produce such an unholy amount of shit? <laughs> but I digress. Um, my main point there was, I've only got approximately seven rolls left. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a week's worth. Yeah, I'm... and I need I need these as a necessity, not to panic buy. I need toilet rolls and there's none left. There's none left. I mean, if if you're gonna get a cold, why is the first point of action for all of these pure fucking idiots? Toilet roll. Toilet roll, like tissues, sort of understandable. Kitchen roll, even. yeah. Kitchen, but like, they're just like you don't need fifty packs of eighteen. Do you no, know what I mean? No, not like, at all. And the news is not helping in the slightest. Oh like, no, I know there's people out there who the coronavirus is genuinely scaring them mm. and I can see why it is scaring them and the news just isn't helping them. I believe the news is, is the root of many problems. I agree. I think things like terrorism would also be a lot less intense or done as often if the news didn't report on it. Mm. We're getting into some world issues here. But, um, <laughs> you know, what the, what terrorists want is attention mm. and, like, they want to be feared and the news plastering this everywhere going, oh, look what we found, like, making it a, such a big deal. Yeah. Gives them what they want. What, exactly? If it didn't get reported on, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't do it again or as often. Because no one would, like, there wouldn't yeah, be so true. much of a hullabaloo. Yeah. Uh, we've got some disinfectant here. I'm just going to spray the surfaces before we get going. I'm just thinking about what you've said there, and I'm realising. Oh, God, it's like me on a Saturday night. It's just oozing out. It's <laughs> just oozing. I was going to go for the terrorist thing, but yeah. Sorry, no, no, sorry, no, no, yeah, going on. A te- well, we're on 10 minutes now, but yeah, we'll oh, try and get this one done quickly. Right, yeah. Like, the way you you say it, like, the news is like a, a virus in itself. Yeah. Like, the virus, of the news virus, is then reporting on the actual virus, and it's just, it's not like, two horrific combinations. Mm. Like, the Daily Star, the Sun... I can't think of any more. I like the Daily Sport. Have you ever read that? I've not All read it. All the fake articles, but they make stupid people believe they're real. And it's just, it's full of tits. And then it's like a page of tits, and then the next page is like, uh, my neighbour's dog ate my chode while I sunbathed in the back garden. 
and a picture of a man not looking happy with a pair of trousers with a bite mark. It's fucking great stuff. What the fuck? I've never heard of this. Oh, it's fantastic. It's Where like, do you get it from? Is it just like... Yeah, on... It's like with all the papers, Daily Sport, oh, unbelievable oh, cool. stuff. It's like top top tier banner. It might not even be fake. It might be real. And if it's real, who the fuck's giving these stories to people? It's great paper, though. A dog bites your chode. It's fucking... Oh, it's good That's stuff. Brilliant. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah, so I think overall, uh, we, what we wanted to do with this first few minutes of the podcast is just um, like sort of make a, a, a audio, audio documentation of what yeah. the fuck's going on in the world because we, we don't know when we'll be back, actually. Yeah. We could be making an episode next week. We could be not making another one until like September. Yeah. So we just wanted to like express our thoughts as a time capsule to be able to go back and be like, more for ourselves, really. It's quite mm. self-indulgent, but like, Remember this? What a weird time we lived through. Because it's it's, I, I understand like why we're stopping as well. But we did have some good films planned. Oh yeah. Like of course I don't know if this is a spoiler for the podcast, but we tell each other the films beforehand. Yeah. It's kind of just the audience that's a surprise. But we had like Lost in London planned, mm. Passion of the Christ, uh, Nerve. What was the one that you were going to pick after next? Oh, I can't remember. Well, sorry, everyone. <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, we, we those films might not sound exciting, but there was going to be topics of discussion. Yeah. And uh, and as you know, it doesn't always revolve around the film. No, not at all. Brad, speaking of, how was your penis today? Red roll. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you may, I may as well just roll out with a joke. Why not? Hey, dear, dear, I still dear, need dear. to go to the doctors to see it. Like you do, it's, you do. It's bad. But I remember the last time you went to the doctors, you went uh, with a problem about your hand and you just ended up sucking your penis anyway. I, you're not meant to say this on the podcast. I don't even know how... Why did you get it out for him? Did he trick you? Uh, I just kind of got it out for a laugh. Yeah, no, well, all I'm going to say is next time you go to the doctors, um, just make sure, like, as a general rule... Yeah. Uh, if it gets to the point where his pen- your penis goes in his mouth or his penis goes in your mouth, right. there's probably something wrong there and you should seek legal advice. Even if it's just a ingrown toenail? Uh, I mean, all I'm, if you enjoy it, mate... Right. Yeah, you yeah. little slut. If you, yeah. I mean, he, he's known around the country for he's. he's <laughs> I'm an, I'm a famous world. He's, he's called the, the 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 GP the GP fucking goblin. He goes he goes to all these doctors and makes appointments under various different names, and he somehow, some way, manages to get the doctors to suck him off. Yeah, I'll mm. be coming to a GP near you, baby. God, what right is this? Then. So that's coronavirus for you. Uh, not very good, I think, is an understatement. Um, the world's going to shit. Mm-hmm. It's ruining my social plans, which I'm quite livid about. <laughs> but we're here for a reason. I feel like we should have a button now that goes, Live from Sunderland, it's Cinejoust. Callum, Brad, not Sam. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, and sometimes, Lucy. It's time to get in. To the movie, and then it goes. Was that the I'm a celeb theme song? No, there, it was just yeah. a little remix. That oh, was it. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to Sooner Joust. This is the review portion of the show. I don't know what I'm doing in this seat. I feel weird. We're sat in different places as well. It's messing with my feng shui. You're, you're sat in Sam's. Yeah. I'm sat in yours, and my seat's just barren. Barren. But that's not. That's not. Oh no, yeah, like it? barren. Like, uh, is it your balls are barren or sterile? Which one's a woman? Uh, is it sterile? I don't know. I think it's a man. Man sterile, the woman's barren. Uh, can someone email us and tell us? Give your phone a uh, cleanse before you type that. Oh, of course, yeah. We don't um, have any corona It's fucking emails. weird, this, isn't it? Because it's like, we should just call this a coronavirus special. Yeah, well, can we? 
Yeah. Yeah, all right, fair um, enough. So, like, people... You, something like this, you see films and stuff, and you're like, imagine if this happened in the real world, like, contagion and things yeah. like that. You'd be like, this is terrifying. But it's actually happened, and people are just treating it like a big joke, and I love it. It's fucking brilliant. Like, there's it's, memes it's and so shit. It's your sense of humour. Yeah, it is. The world's got to shit. I, I mean, I've said it to you before, and I mean it, and I, I do mean it now, in no offence, in any way, you give zero mm. shit about anything. Yep. And, I mean, it is a good outlook to have on life, but in some situations, I think you need to stop giving a shit. Oh, yeah, I understand what you mean, but I'm yeah. not going to stress myself out oh, for no, things no, like no. that. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm not going to be worried. Nah. I my general rule is if I am not affected directly, then I don't care. Don't care. Fair enough. Mm. I mean, it's a good. Is it a rule of thumb? Is what you'd call it a rule of thumb? Yeah, yeah sort by? of. Yeah, the rule I live by. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't like if we... someone's going to be. Oh well, um, I can't be coming out tonight because my cat died. What do you mean you can't come out tonight? My cat never died. I'm still going to be out. You little freak, get out now. It's only a fucking cat. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> I mean, even if I had a cat, even if I like cats, and it died. That wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Because I haven't died. The cat has. He, he, bad for him. Like, yeah, it must be shit for you, mate, but I just, I'm just carrying on. If, if look at on the bright side, you save money on the food and vet bills and shit. Mate, that's another side hand. Vet bills? What, why expensive? I, I don't, I've never had an animal because my mother doesn't like mess. Right. I had a goldfish once and she killed it by overfeeding it. In oh. first day, yeah. Oh, so that was my first and last experience. First day. first day, she's not designed for having common sense. My mother, right. really? Does she listen to this? Podcast, no, she though? doesn't even care. Like, right. she, I think you see where I get it from. <laughs> Kill the pets and don't give a fuck. <laughs> she like everyone. Everyone around me's been like um, getting messages off the mums and dads and stuff, going, "Oh, wait, what's going on with university? Is it going to close down? Are you going to have to come home soon?" And they've all been like, "Oh, don't worry, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Oh, I'm really concerned about you." I've had two messages from my mum in the past two weeks. One of them was 10 minutes before we came on, and she went, what's the crack? Is your uni closed? I went, oh, yeah, completely closed down from Monday. She went, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not even bothered. I like it. I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's brilliant. Cool. See, my mum's the exact opposite, because we were filming our short film. Mm. uh, We were meant to be tomorrow of day of recording. Mm. And uh, all of next week. And of course, we've had to pack that in. And I was planning on going home after filming. But then I told my mum, I was like, oh, filming's cancelled. And then she kind of changed her tune from, go home when you're finished filming, it's fine, to come home now. <laughs> come on, it's all right. But uh, yeah, so that's why that's another reason my Cine Jabs has ended, because we're all kind of going home. Well, not ending, don't use the word ending. We're going on what? hiatus. Hiatus, oh, sorry, yeah, we're we not will, ending. We will be back. Hope, yeah, no, we will be. Um... Yeah, should we get into the Fulham? Yeah, if you'd like. Is it the lighthouse this week? The lighthouse. Keeping secrets, are you? Oh. Um, do you want to give us a brief synopsis, Bradley, as best as you can? Um, right. So the lighthouse follows Willem Dafoe and Robert Patterson's characters as they're isolated on this lighthouse, mm. as you can tell. By Island. The Island. Yeah. Yeah, not a better way. Lighthouse to Island. It. Lighthouse Island, and it's about uh, Lightchester by the sea. Robert Patterson's character, like falling into. A massive, like, what? What's the word I'm trying to think of here? Like, not confusion, but uncertainty. Uncertainty. That's a yeah. That's a good way. And he's, it's just a mind. He starts seeing things. He starts yeah. getting suspicions around uh, Willem Dafoe, and you see Willem Dafoe shaft in this film. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Poor Willem. At all. 
very unexpected. Um, I suppose if you don't know much about this film, as we should first point out, it's in black and white. Yeah. Um, and it's everything's designed to look like paintings, like real paintings that exist. So like there's like the, like replicas of like uh, Van Goghs and things like that, mm-hmm. and uh, like Willem Dafoe's based on a famous painting, like his character itself, and like the pictures of the lighthouse are all like pretty much quite accurate as well actually i've also talked about the aspect ratio the aspect ratio uh, being like what is it is it it's four by three yes nah, i pulled that out my ass come on <laughs> um but i think the aspect ratio is really nice but it's also a bit of a cop-out because yeah it, every shot looked nice but i feel like it looked nice because the aspect ratio just forced it to be nice yeah because you could only really fit one thing into it and like you can't go into I mean, a ghost story is an example of a different aspect mm. ratio, but I think that does it well. Where this film, it just seems like, like a cop out because it is all the locations are quite small and claustrophobic. Mm. But I feel like if if even if it was just a little bit bigger, you could get more on the front. It might look nicer, yeah, in my it's, opinion. It's a strange film, isn't it? Yeah, like, I'm really enjoying though. lately, especially with A24, right? <laughs> the like the the champion and all of this different sort of cinema. Like, because if you think ten years ago. Yeah, we never had films like this. No, not at all. Like all of these things coming up, and even like the sort of the vibe of things like Uncut Gems and all like Midsummer and uh, Hereditary, all of these like indie, like it seems like the indie the indie film direction now is going in a way of like reimagining genres and reimagining yeah. and filmmaking. And Robert Eggers is doing that in like a very very unique way because this is really bizarre. Yeah, there's a scene when it's like almost like a fight scene between uh, the two main characters, and I think Robert Pattinson like essentially shoots laser beams out of his eyes yeah really weird it's, like it's, what's that it works though I like know, how it, do you dream something like that up it, it's um, this this film it's just so meant like the mermaid the entire mer- are we talking spoilers by yeah, the way yeah, spoilers. yeah spoilers the mermaid scene literally came out of fucking nowhere yeah, she she appears very like like she get like drip fed in isn't she and then yeah. all of a sudden he's, he's fucking a mermaid and it's like where You've she seen came her fucking from. Fishy vagina and yeah, everything. Like what? Oh, it was like it's it's such a fucking weird film. Like it's another level of filmmaking. Like it's it basically takes all the rules you've ever known of mm. like especially with things like story and like the overall look of a film. Yeah. And it just flips it all on its head. Oh, absolutely. But it works. But it sort of makes a completely new way of watching and making cinema. And it's. It's odd. It's it's something to study, I think. It's yeah. it's only going to get bigger as well as time goes on. And I feel like if you want to be indie and you want to be art house, definitely art house, mm-hmm. this is something you need to start looking at and being like, this is where I need to be now because what was art house before is now just considered Cine- typical indie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you take this film, for example, I'll, I'll be, I'm, Robert Eggers did it very well. Mm. I'd be excited to see things like it. However, one issue I had, and I've spoke to Lucy about this, we were speaking about the lighthouse the other day, and uh, the runtime came up, and I was like, "Oh fuck it, like the longest two hours of my mm. life." And she was like, "It wasn't two hours." And I was like, "No, no it was." And she was like, "It's like an hour and a half." I was like, "What?" Yeah. You you genuinely feel like you're in that cinema for maybe six days. You, you feel like as well, which is, I mean, I th- I think sometimes when a film feels long, it can be a good thing. Mm. Even if it feels shit to you, like I know this sounds weird, right? But even if even if the experience feels shit, and like this is dragon. The sort to put it into context, it's like these two men are stuck on an island, and the way the camera was positioned, it was like we were stuck with them. We were the third man. We were always sat at the dinner table. We were up the mm. lighthouse doing repairs with them and things like that. Uh, that's really fucking pretentious film student shit, isn't it? No, it is. Uh, yeah, we were there with them. It's. Oh. Um, but 
it's like you know they're stuck and then obviously it comes that the people who were supposed to take over from after their month or however long they were there didn't show up so they had to stay even longer until the next people came so they essentially do like two shifts and I feel like the fact that it drags sort of adds to that and makes us have to feel like we're there with them and like the slog and I know it's not necessarily a good thing for a spectator but when you're like into Fulham's and how Fulham's are supposed to make you feel and like the realism of it and things like that it sort of makes sense do you see what I mean I, I, I do I do understand what you mean when you when you word it like that however I, I just don't think it, even when you put it like it just still doesn't settle right with me yeah like I can understand being one like like you're talking about the camera how you're always with them yeah but I feel like there's still a lot of this film you could trim down and maybe get it down to a shorter runtime which is more palatable if you know what I mean? Yeah, I I can I can see what you mean. I think there, this is one of the only films I've watched in a while where I've looked at it and been like, maybe there is bits that weren't really necessary. Yeah. Like, this could have been cut, or that could have been cut, where you look at something like a ghost story from, was that two weeks ago? Yes. Um, And like that, I couldn't really think of any, even like how drawn out the takes were, mm-hmm. there wasn't really anything I could look at there and be like, that should could have went, like because it all sort of worked. But this film definitely could have had things that chopped and spliced yeah. and diced. Because it was just, I don't know. There was it's it. Would you say what type of film? Would you say it's a character study? Um, sort of. Because I mean, you follow Robert Patterson's character. I'm gonna get his name because I'm sick of him calling Robert Patterson's character. Uh, Winslow. Winslow, right? Uh, Winslow. His, he really does. You see his character fall into a madness. Yeah. Uh, wait, Thomas Howard. Are they both called Thomas? Yeah, they're both called Thomas. Yeah. I, was that a plot point that I've just completely blown over no, my the, head? Yeah, the, the, they had like a scene, like a 15-minute scene about it where they went like, oh, I, I've been lying to you. My, my name's Thomas. Oh, my name's Thomas too. Genuinely, that goes to show you how long I felt like I was in that cinema for. forgot that was an even point. There was a lot of... Um, there's, there's a lot of like things in it, like yeah. um, me- meanings and... Uh, allegories and things like that and sim- like yeah. symbolism and like obviously one of the main ones being the f- especially the fact they've both got the same name and they're in the same profession and it's like it's like a passing of the torch thing and it's like old versus young and the, mm-hmm. the study of the dynamic of like different generations and the divide and how almost like a <coughs> oh god the police oh god. are gonna come and get me <laughs> oh no dusty in here it is, it is really i yeah. noticed that like i feel like my throat's kind of cloggy yeah. maybe we've, we've caught it in this room see you later everyone um <laughs> Yeah, like the it it's it's like it's almost a commentary on like the the social and generational divide between people and like yeah, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, if you if you purely a spectator and you you want like blockbuster like entertainment and mm-hmm. you don't really want to have to think about things, it's probably not for you because I feel like the the enjoyment from this mm-hmm. uh, like pretty much ninety nine percent solely comes from what you do after you've seen it and the, the things you think about and what you take away. It's thinking man's cinema. I, I was just thinking in my head that I think if you want to be a film student, this film's very good to yeah. watch. And uh, I I sort of disagreed with you when you said it, but now I'm thinking about it, I agree. <laughs> Same with Little Women. I think Little Women, if you want to be a filmmaker, is something good to oh, yeah. have a look at. Yeah. I mean, the fact you've even suggested it to our module leader... Yeah, oh like, yeah, it's like, getting put on the assignment now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because we... Um, we done a we done a... Oh, on a tangent now. We've done a module this year, but we're still doing it because we haven't submitted it yet, and I don't know if we ever will. Yeah. Um, Like, film theory and criticism, so we have to write uh, articles about the films and, like, how we feel, like, 
what things represent, all that bullshit. It's pretty much what we do here, but more boring, and you have to <laughs> say where you've stole lines from. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we one of the films we watched, it was to cover feminist theory, which I'm not even taking the piss here. I actually do enjoy feminist theory. I think there's Fair a lot enough. to be said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like, remember Run, Lola, Run? Lola, Rent? That you, was you were a big fan of that, Big fan you? of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the one we watched this year for the feminist aspect of it was Orlando, Sally Potter's 1992 bag of shit. I mean, I, I didn't go at the screening uh, and I've ref- not watched the film since simply because of yours, Sam's and Lucy's review on it. Yeah, oh, really, being really dog shit. shit. Like, it had the potential to be done well and it's being likened to the favourite because it had the same costume designer in the same location and it was like sort of set around the same time. But it's like, again, if you're going to liken it, it's like... It, it shows the divide of what can happen with a fan, one of the world's best directors in Yorgos Lanthimos when he gets his hands on something like that compared to one of the most dog shit directors I've ever came across, Sally Potter, when she gets her hands on something mm. like that. Like, it's unwelcoming, it's inaccessible, it's pretentious, it's alienating, it's pointless, <laughs> it's drivel, yeah. it's so unnecessary it's done in a way that makes no sense and it, it, it they almost take pleasure in the fact that they're confusing people the it's... costumes aren't great the makeup's horrific <laughs> the acting's diabolical the story isn't there the directing is one of the honestly you if you want to go out now and make a little short film that you've just thought of in the past 30 seconds right shoot it on your phone with the worst camera work worst audio or whatever oh, no. you'll still be a better director than sally potter Really, 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 really shit. The only people that like it are the types of people who want to watch arty films and then they've, they've finished watching it, didn't really understand it and went, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And if you went to them, oh, what was it about? What, was, what did you take away from it? They'd go, oh, uh, uh, don't know, and the head would explode like fucking the end of Greasy Strangler. <laughs> it's just, it's really shit. And the our module leader didn't really watch it before it was put on the course because he took over the course. And he watched it because he had to watch it when we did. And we walked in, we all sat there, it was a big turnout, and he went, what did you think of that? And we all just went, oh, shit. Like, really, he hated it as well. So, yeah, basically, my point there was, um, I suggested they put Little Women on the module from next year, and they're going to do it, which is, I'm sure you can all agree, a far better representation of, like, feminism in, cin- in cinema. I agree. And there's, there's so much you could analyse in that and take away, because it's literally got, you know, you've got four women mm-hmm. and then a mother, You've got the matriarch, you've got the patriarch, you've got, and then you've got the the auntie as well, who's another sort of character archetype. But then the four main women are so different, mm-hmm. but they all live together and they're all sisters and they all like have sort of the same interests and goals. Yeah, there's a lot to say there. No, there is a lot. <laughs> and Orlando, nothing is a immortal shit. man who, after three hundred years, becomes a woman with no real explanation. Just wakes up one day and is a woman. Mm. Not very... It makes no sense. Yeah. Because well, when you told me about it, I was like, surely there's a bit of exposition oh, on yeah. why it's you'd a woman. Think, you'd think... Nothing I mean, at all. You'd expect it, really, because yeah, it's a film. Yeah. And you I need mean, to know a fucking story. Something such as a drastic change of maybe... like, And especially in a film, of a character swapping gender. Mm. It, I think a bit of exposition is a bit needed instead of just happening like... She fell asleep, or he fell asleep, and then she woke up, and all we got for any context mm-hmm. was a full body nude shot oh look she's got tits now it's a woman now what and then after the weirdest part of it all as well was after that um everyone around her was acting like it was normal like what like there was no questions asked it like just but it's like the 
she didn't do anything different to the appearance. Like, obviously, she didn't walk about with the tits out or anything. So, yeah. like, for the first few days after, like, of years probably, kept, like, the same clothes and stuff and the same name and things like that. So it was like, well, people just knew. And it was like, oh, Orlando, and then started, like, with a she and things like that. Like, there was no announcement, and she was in, like, royalty or some shit, I think. Mm-hmm. It was just, it's just really bad film. Like, really, really bad film making. That, that's led me into a question. If the girls are full nude, isn't it a PG? Yeah. How? Uh, I believe uh, our friend Kevin Kaplan said um, he's. It's amazing actually how they got that shot into it into how? a PG. I have no P- idea. PG is like Toy Story. Yeah. What? They, they got Tilda Swinton's tits and bush into that film. That's um, that's genuinely insane. Go watch it. Um, anyway, Lighthouse, uh, should we get some very quick, you've got three minutes, overall opinions and feelings. Uh, it's a slow, slow, slow film. However, one saving grace of this film, and I was going to lead this into a discussion, if that's okay. That's fine. Robert Patterson, fucking phenomenal. I, I've been trying to tell people this for a while, since since he left Twilight. I remember having a conversation yeah. with you about this. He he realised, he, he hates Twilight as well, yeah. just as much as everyone else Rightfully does. so. Yeah. He, obviously, you have to do things to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And he decided to do that, and you know, fair play to him. And he came away from that. The old well, Taylor Lautner just made it like two series of Cuckoo on BBC Three with Greg Davies, and, and that, that, that was it. He was in Grown Ups too. But yeah, that him and Kristen Stewart are both really, really indie now. Yeah. Like, well, Kristen Stewart sort of went backwards, and she's doing like Charlie's Angels reboot and things like that. You're like, away. Oh, yeah. Stick with like personal shopper. And, and then Robert like Patterson's jumped the jump, jumped the gun and the Batman. Yeah, but it's more of a, it's like an indie Batman, it's isn't an it? Indie, it's yeah, a this strange is crazy. Batman. Like, it's like, an indie Batman. I never thought I'd say it, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. Now that I've seen The Lighthouse and watched Robert Pattinson's performance, I'm excited I for I think he'll film. smash it. I think this will be I the role of his life. Because I've seen people like comparing it to Heath Ledger when he was originally yeah. cast. Like He'd only been known for like these bits and bobs roles, mm. and then he fucking smashed it. Like, and then yeah, like but obviously he's, he's done other things before, like Good Time, and he was in like loads of like loads of little things like The Rover and things. Like, he sort of like built a... A back catalogue behind him. A film I watched with him in uh, called Life, and he played James Dean. Right. Uh, really, 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 I, really, I really good. That. that was very soon after Twilight finished. I think might have even been a crossover. Oh, oh. phenomenal, delicious. Oh, and well, I mean Willem Dafoe as well. What did I say it was called? Life. 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 That's correct. I thought in my head I said time, but I never. No, I said you said life because. Yeah, well, sorry, Willem Dafoe as well. He was very Willem good. Willem Dafoe's having a career renaissance. Good on him. Um, you know, he done Spider-Man, didn't he? The originals. Yeah. And then he sort of, like, faded away. Like, he didn't do much for ten years, really, did he? He was, he was Shark Tale before Spider-Man? That, that doesn't count. Come on. <laughs> um, Adrian Brody as well. Where's he gone? Is, oh, my... Oh, yeah. yeah he's where's gone, where's he, he gone? Um, that, is he not in French Dispatch? He's in French Dispatch, but yeah. he's in all the Wes Anderson shit, isn't he? But, yeah. like... Other than that, he's, where's I, Adrian Brody? That is true. Um, that is true. Where is he? But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like Willem Dafoe, especially the past like four or five years, he came back with a bang. Mm-hmm. Like the Florida Project and um, At Eternity's Gate when he played Van Gogh, mm-hmm. and now The Lighthouse. And he just, as you look at them three in that order: Florida Project, Eternity's Gate, The Lighthouse. Phenomenal. He's just getting more and more abstract and more and more indie. Good on him. But this is like. It seems like a lot of actors are sick of the Hollywood formula of like, oh, everyone has to be either in some sort of CGI world now. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, no. To be in a blockbuster. 
like nothing's real anymore. Mm. So it seems like a lot of actors, especially actors who you wouldn't expect as well, are like making the leap over to the indie side, and they're getting close. they're getting being more successful because of it. Even Adam Sandler's done it now. Yeah, it's like and they're all getting critical acclaim. I've just kind of been sick in my mouth because you all talking about uh, people jumping from Hollywood to indie, and I just said. And you'll be able to listen back to this. I went, oh, that's good. <laughs> and I've just realised... Oh, that's good. A year ago, I thought those words wouldn't have came out my mouth. And as well, that's sort of the reason why Chris Evans left the Avengers, isn't it? I think... Because he done he Knives do, Out. He, he said something essentially like, he wants to do more serious films, like... I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Because I've, I've not seen Knives Out, but I've heard he's phenomenal mm. in that. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. He, he's been wanting to leave James Bond for ages, and they went, oh, wait, I'll give you 50 million. He goes, oh, I don't know, lads. Yeah. You go, all right, 100 million. He goes, all right, then, I'll do one more. Because when he's saying quotes like, I'd rather self-harm than oh, do another yeah. James Bond film. And here he is doing another James Bond film. You're kind of just like, all right, so he's been paid a lot of money, yeah. then. But... Um, Fun fact about James Bond, Ooh. all of the budget comes from sponsorship and then some. They make profit on it. Like wow. the watches, the, the watchmakers that he wears, like they pay like something like 80 million for, just for that. And then obviously the car makers pay to Aston get that Martin in. And that. His signature drink got changed like a Heineken for one film, I think, yeah. instead of a martini. They paid the full film budget for that. What? Just to get that in, because that's an iconic thing, isn't it, for James that's Bond? That's mad. Yeah, that, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how they pay for all the James Bond films, through promotion. I mean, I'm not surprised, because, I mean, Rolex, Aston Martin, off the top of my head, mm. is something that you... It's Omega watches now, I think. Is it? So, like, that's what, there's, like, bidden wars within it, like, because... Oh, I thought we still... No, I, it is Omega, yeah. I thought we still... And Rolex. obviously, out of it, they get an advert with James Bond in, which is fucking good going, isn't it? Because I think uh, Range Rovers recently released an advert for James Bond as well because I think there's yeah. a load of Range Rovers in a scene in James Bond <laughs> yeah like it's it's crazy the money that it makes like cinema's a cinema's a vehicle man however not at the minute not at the minute was, they're all shutting down but because I was going to do news at the start but and I, I wish this was a joke every single bit of news I had was about a film being cancelled or a celebrity having coronavirus mm. have you got anything to say oh it's <laughs> scary it's, it's oh yeah I, I mean I, I think it was um once again, speaking to you about this, I think for something like all the Disney films, just smack them on Disney Plus. You'll make your money back. Mm. People just buy a subscription for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I think it was, it's a Universal. I think have done that. Because they're now going to release the Invisible Woman the, and that. The, the Invisible Man. Invisible Man. Yeah, that's what they've, I meant. They've, they're going to release everything that they've got in the cinema now. Yeah. To watch at home. Which is good. It's good, yeah. I mean, it's not the same. It's a bit it's, sad. I, yeah. I, I really can't wait for this to be over because I want everything to get back to normal. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm sort of enjoying walking around and there's no one that are, like kicking about. But I think I said this to everyone the other day. Like, if I was at school, this mm. would be amazing. Oh, it'd be brilliant. Like, if everyone, if everyone is in theory off until September now, you've got like what from March till September, insane, all that time off. The, the kids will be going mental mad. summer. It'd be unbelievable. Yeah. But now I'm at uni and we were just in the swing of things and like we were really liking the work we were producing and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, stop everything. Boom. I mean, when we get an email from a lecturer being like, stop your filming. Yeah. That's when you're kind of like, ooh. This is a bit serious. This is a bit, this is some serious shit. It's, yeah, I'm not a fan. I would have kept going. We all would have kept going. We weren't bothered. Like, we were probably, because we were shooting up until yesterday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we were probably the only, like, production in the world that was still carrying on probably at this rate yeah yeah or one or very very few i'd imagine yeah. it was less than 100 well i mean everyone's just scared yeah i mean i'm not saying i say i'm not saying that like a negative thing I've, i think people have got a right to be scared oh, absolutely yeah but uh yeah the lighthouse 
I like this tangents we've been going on yeah, throughout this. A um, bit more relaxed episode, which I feel like everyone needs in the age of corona. Yeah. Corona, corona. I mean, as well, if you're going to miss us for a few weeks, because we don't know how long we're going to go on, just listen to some old episodes. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, Tell your friends. Yeah. Why don't you all sit together with your families? And obviously, first of all, when they all walk in, like your grandma and your dad and whatever. Not you, Brad, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, they're all sat around, you know, all the family. And first of all, you, go, you send them a message, mass text, and you go, everyone meet me in the front room, 7pm. Like, okay, Brad, yeah, no questions asked. And you come downstairs, and you shot, shot them all the death stare, and they're all sat there, like 15 of them, and you go, what the fuck are you doing? They go, what do you mean, Brad? You said meet us here at 7. You went, yeah. And what do we always do when we meet each other here at 7? So then they all get the, the notepad out where you wrote the specific set of rules, and they go, five, six, five, six, seven, five, 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 five. And like the comparing those ones, that that seven seven to the Tuesday, and then you you can't take it anymore. You start sweating, crying, and you go, "You bastards! You know seven o'clock on a Tuesday, no pants allowed in the living room." <laughs> so they all go, "Well, sorry, Brad. Sorry, I'm really, I'm really sorry. Sorry, Brad." And the kids are crying, and and like some some people are dead actually. They, they can't handle the stress. Oh, and no. you're stood there, and every one of them walk out and smack all their asses, and you go, "I'll see all of you later. I'll sort all of you out." So they're all running back upstairs to take the trousers off, and they all come down with their tails flapping and the bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they all sit back down, and you're like, "Oh yeah, we're all ready now, are we?" Eh? <laughs> and everyone's crying because it's quite traumatic that you've just told them to take the, the clothes off. So they all sit in the line and go, "Why have you brought us here, Bradley?" And then you turn the telly on, you're all ready, prepared, ready to go. You go, "Synergized episode 23, play it," <laughs> and make them all listen. So basically, what I'm saying is, get your family all to take the clothes off. Yeah. Sit in the living room and listen to Synergy House together. And see who can get a semi first. Hey, that's a good that is a good, good that's a good game. Yeah. Actually, yeah. See who can get a semi first um, in an episode of What I like to do somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I feel sick. I'm sorry, I'm sorry what I'm about to say. But I'm gonna I'm gonna delve back into character and I just say it's gonna come out. Oh no. What I like to do in situations of quarantine when I'm I'm trapped with my nearest and dearest is play a game of nervous with my dad. <laughs> hey, you're not flinching, are you, son? No, hey, no, there's a present when you get closer, big boy. Oh, is that a block of cheese in there? Yes, it is. I grew it myself. What type of cheese? Grew it? You- oh, God! <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> There's no way I can show my grand this episode. Don't kiss it, Dad. It's, it's not for that. We're, we're still related, remember. <laughs> That's what quarantine will do to you. So I suppose this is more of a PSA. Don't shag your dads in the time of stress, you know. What the fuck? Yeah, don't shag your dads. I think there's a general rule of thumb. Don't shag your dads. But you, know, you play nervous with them if you want. I mean, that yeah. never, never hurt anyone. I mean, step. Step, Dad. Step, Dad. Yeah, no, I think there's, there's more risk involved if it's your real dad. Mm, yeah, mm. I mean, yeah, you've got a point. Like, mm. I mean, I can't... sexier. Mm. <laughs> Fucking hell! I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. I don't know what's going on. It must be the quarantine. It's the lack of contact that I'm having. This is what's coming out of my mouth. I'm gonna on the other bright side. I'll show this episode to my dad. <laughs> Are you actually? What, what do you reckon, then? Do you fancy don't you playing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Please. What is going on? I'm delusional. Please um, show your dad this episode. I can't show it. No. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, the lighthouse. I'll give you some quick thoughts and feelings. Of course, yes. <coughs> Pardon you. Really nice cinematography. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting sometimes I felt was an issue. It was too dark in places. Yes. And it re- that really took me out of it. That really pissed me off. That was my main issue with it. The lighting wasn't brilliant. For you. Mm-hmm. It's a black and white film, so you rely heavily on the lighting of to course. differentiate the black from the white yeah. to be able to create the pictures. And it's it, it wasn't very good sometimes. You know, There was things where you couldn't see the face, and obviously I imagine that was probably by choice, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a good choice. Um, I sort of really liked the film, but I also at the same time sort of really didn't like the film and I feel like that's the sort of general consensus that most people had that I've spoke to that, that have seen it mm-hmm. um, I'm a big fan of surrealism as we all know and the surrealist aspects such as what I've just done there the surrealist aspects of this film were very very tasty very very nice and something that I liked and it, you know it, it's sort of like a nice bit of inspiration almost yeah. I wouldn't say inspiration but a nice bit of uh, ooh Makes the mind work. Because the sea monster bit, like that entire yeah. bit, oh, it's weird. I, I love the scene as well. The There's all like a, a subplot of um, Robert Pattinson having a rivalry with the seagulls kicking about. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's doing, he's like, cleaning out the water supply. It's full of shit and horrible stuff, isn't it? Like mm. tar. And this seagull just lands next to him and just starts going, ay, ay, ay. And he looks at it and he's like, it's... He's, oh, he hates these little fuckers. And he, he runs in, doesn't he? And he says to uh, Willem Dafoe, he goes, I hate these fucking seagulls. And he goes, you can't touch them, don't hurt them, because these run, these rule the island, these keep us safe. Yeah. Like, it's all like, oh, be war. a curse as well or something? Yeah, like curse or something, yeah. yeah. And then the seagull lands, and it looks so real. He just picks it up by the neck and smacks the shite out of the seagull until it just doesn't exist anymore. There's feathers and blood everywhere. And it's a long take. Oh, it is. And yeah. he just bats it about by its neck, and it just slowly dies. And he's just ah, and he just looks at it on the floor. <coughs> and then um, after that, bad things start happening. So it probably yeah. was a curse. And it's like you know, you're looking at Willem, like oh, he's a delirious, stupid old man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But he probably was right. But yeah. And it's I really like that actually. But. It's it's almost for me the main issue I had with it. It felt like it was bringing in like mythology and uh, like fantasy films. Yeah. Like, not exactly like, but sort of within the same sort of within the same container. It had like elements of like things Harry Potterish. I know. I do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like all the fantasy and the mystery and magical the, and yeah. like, um, and it brought that into like something that was also quite a real and a grounded story. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like that. Mm-hmm. Surrealism always has a place for me when, you know, someone can be walking down the street and next to him is a man covered in marmalade licking kits, like kittens. Kittens. You No, I wasn't actually. Oh, were you not? Okay. Licking, <laughs> licking kittens. Um, right, I, I've known you too long. I can. Why can I see you making a film about that? Oh, yeah. Own and Glory on YouTube. Have a look. A man riches tents for a living. Very surreal. Is that the egg one? That's the egg one, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, I've, I, yeah, I'm a very surreal guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, surrealism's always got a place, but I feel like the the mishmash didn't quite work. Uh, it looked really nice for the most part. I enjoyed the the painting references, and I mm. enjoyed the the allegories and the meaning behind things. The story was a very, 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 very dry. Yes. Um, it's not. Yeah, it wasn't brilliant. No. It's. I. I probably would watch it again, but I feel like this sort of film is something that you'd watch for to learn from and to get inspiration and to yeah. see like opposite ends of the spectrum <clears throat> when it comes to filmmaking rather than this is my favourite film I'm going to watch it yeah. just for the sake of it it's not something you could put on in the background like American Pie or so. obviously yeah, it's not no, like that yeah. but like you couldn't just watch this like uh, idly because 
uh, I'm not. I'll not speak about what Sam thinks of the film, but Sam was excited to see mm. this film. And off the top of my head, I can't remember what episode, but we seen it before he did. Yeah. And you told him in the episode like, go, don't go in with the hard on that you've mm. got for it, because it's not. It's not amazing. Yeah. And I think that's a fair point. Like, you can. I think it's a good, almost like a lesson film, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like a lesson, a film to watch in a lesson at like A level Engl- mm. uh, English, A level film studies. Yeah. Something like that, because I think there is a lot you can write about this film. Because like Absolutely. you said, there's the. Uh, the mermaid, the imaginary sea monster. Well, I suppose the, the relationship between the two guys is a lot you can say about that as well. Because I swear there's some bit where you the think they're going to be gay. Sexual stuff. Oh yeah, there it's... was there was a scene where they nearly fucked. Yeah. Or did they? There was yeah, it got really graphic actually. I, I don't think they did fuck, but was there always like a dream sequence where Robert Pattinson sucked Willem Dafoe or something like that? I think it was a dream yeah. sequence. Yeah. So it's like he's having fantasies, but obviously that'll happen to when stuck on an island for months on end. I imagine. Yeah, of course, yeah. You're gonna get a bit gay. <laughs> That's why he was dreaming about fucking the mermaid and things like that. It's just yeah, it's like a. I suppose maybe the the time that it's set sort of takes away relatability, but mm. then the story and the relationships adds back the relatability. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would like to have seen the same character dynamic and the same sort of we're isolated sort of story mm. but in modern times but obviously Robert Eggers is all about the past yeah but you to see like them two play these characters but maybe they're like trapped some I don't know I'm not going to like go into specific details about what, what I'd want to do <laughs> but like just modernise that story I think I'd like it a lot more I'd... yeah no I think I know what you mean mm. like uh, I mean with the minute talking about self-isolation and that yeah it's it's like a if just if it was like because I know the first, this is a bit of a tangent but I'm gonna loop back don't worry like the first Saw film was all filmed in one room mm. so if you do something like that of like just film it in one room yeah that would be a very interesting film mm. and I could be wrong about this so if you know what I'm saying please correct me okay I think there's a film uh about these people who were stuck in a lift uh, when 9/11 happens yeah I don't know if it's not I think I've seen that yeah is it like a horror I think it might be. A like, ho- I'm not someone in the lift. Sure. The lights keep going out and the people keep dying. Yeah. Because I'm not sure if it's 9/11 set, but I have. I've, uh, well, maybe we're thinking of two different films. Uh, may- maybe. But I maybe. have seen a film where like it's people stuck in a lift for the duration, and like one of them is a murderer. Yeah. And as it goes on, people start dying. Yeah. It's really good, actually. I can't fucking remember what it's called. Have a look for it. Because now I think you said that. I think we're on about two different films. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just think it, this film could be really interesting with that dynamic. Yeah. And I'm I'm not I'm not gonna ruin this film's credibility and be like, oh it's shit because it's not set in one room. Just I think for what it is, it could be better. No, I agree. Um, it's I, but I think you know uh, Robert Eggers is quite a divisive director anyway. Yeah. He's got a very clear vision, and it's not a vision that many people either like or it resonates with people much. Because, I mean, when you look at the stuff that he's done... The Telltale Heart, he was a production designer on that, actually. He's done a lot of but shorts. Even, oh, even the stuff he's done before was all, like, the same sort of thing. Um, yeah, obviously, The Witch is the big one, spelt with two Vs to look artsy. Um, <laughs> and then The Lighthouse, and now he's doing The Northman. I've not heard of The North. I've not even... Yeah, so the Viking revenge saga set in Iceland in the 10th century. So he's clearly got a he's got a niche. He knows what he wants and he knows what he likes and yeah. he knows what he won't do. You, you're not going to see him making, you know, like a futuristic fucking film. Ladybird or something like that. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe Ladybird. Maybe he could, he might do a spin on Little Women, but he would never make something like Ladybird. Yeah. He, I don't think Robert Eggers will ever get into the 20th century in terms of. His He's always making. stuck in the past. Yeah. Which I think for him is not a 
bad thing. No, I think it's good because he's got that market cornered off now. And if if you're into that sort of stuff, or you know, oh, I've got a hankering for a little tale from the past. I'm looking. At, he's younger than I thought he was. Yeah, he doesn't look like he'd be the type of person who likes this sort of not at all cinema. Of course, I'm just assuming because this is the first Robert Eggers film I've seen. He looks like the type of person that Jonah Hill tries to be. <laughs> nah, that's fair enough, actually. Like he looks, he's a lot cooler than Jonah Hill. He looks freakishly a lot like my hairdresser. You know what I like about Jonah Hill as well? What do you like about Jonah Hill? Well, well I should say what I don't like, but I like that I don't like this about him. Right. Um, I had to unfollow him on Instagram because did you know he's became a director recently? I did not. He made a film for A24 called Mid Nineties about skateboarding. Right. And since then, he's he's been like really pretentious. Wow. And he's he's bought cameras and shit. It's like it's like seeing a film student like just just starting out, <laughs> like leaving school. I'm going to start making films now. Yeah. So he started making this film. It wasn't great, by the way. It wasn't great at all. Um. Uh. So he's he made it, and then his Instagram just slowly starts getting filled with. Oh, I took this on my Super Eight. Oh. I took this on my Canon Mark V, Mark III. Oh, wow. oh. And it's like, and all the pictures aren't even that good. Yeah. <coughs> but the best thing is, and here's what I like about uh, about Jonah Hill. Right, I'm excited. He reads his Instagram comments and he replies. Right. This is a man that has, you know, been in a lot of big films and he's a good actor, to be fair. Yeah. Not a good director, though. Right. And, it, you know, he might even reply to this because he's that petty. Um... <laughs> I do love him as an actor. I think he's genuinely funny and he's one of the best comedy actors mm-hmm. like in the world. Because I love him in 21 Jump Street. Weirdly, this will probably ruin all my credibility for the side our champion. He's fantastic in The Sitter. The Sitter? I don't think I've he seen pl- that. He plays a babysitter and the kids get caught up in like sex, drugs and rock and roll. It's right. a fantastic film, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all the wrong reasons, probably. <laughs> but anyway... So, yeah, all of these pictures that he's put up, took this with my Canon Mark V, whatever, like... Someone commented on it. He went, "You make me sick. You're, you're like a you're like a film student who's just got the hands on the first camera." And then so then John Hill's replying and he's saying shit to him like, "Well, at least I've made a film." Oh and then this God. guy's going, "Well, I've made films as well, and mine are all better than yours. You're the one you've made shit." And it just turned into this big argument. And but like, so like someone will comment on all of them like, "This is shit," and you'll be like, "Oh, essentially, he's just saying things like, no, your shit." And he gets really defensive. It's like, you're a celebrity with millions of followers and fans. Yeah. You can't be asked when one person goes, I don't like you. You can't respond to it. Because, I mean, if we reply to all the hate comments we get, mm. we'd be... We have, like, angry mobs outside we with pitchforks yeah. and I mean, flaming staffs. Look at them, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I like that, ah! <laughs> yeah, so what I'd say is, uh, give Jonah Hill's Instagram a little look over because it's peak. hilarious. But I had to unfollow him. Because you're annoyed of us. On one side, I loved the the uh, the people who were slagging him off because I was like, yeah, that's that, I agree, but I can't stand the pretentiousness of him. <laughs> He's a wanker now. You can't you can't stand the pretentiousness of Jonah Hill. Yet you are the most pretentious <laughs> man that I know. Well, shouldn't that really show you how pretentious he actually is? Okay, yeah, no. If okay, I can't enough. bear it, <laughs> yeah, and I don't enough. follow anyone, I follow Paul Chuckle. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with following Paul No, but I'm saying, I mean, he hasn't got a lot to give lately, has he? Anyway, I digress. Well, no, he's the alive one. I know. I was just... I mean, his day's past. He's a a club night's DJ now. Like, are we, Paul? Oh, yeah, shit, he was in Sunderland at the start of this year. Yeah, fuck that. That's another story. Anyway. The Lighthouse. (laughs) This brings us to ratings, I think. Yeah. In a word, Lighthouse. I liked, I didn't like, I am in the middle. Uh, I'm in the middle. It's more than a word, but... Middle. Yeah, I'd say I'm in the middle as well. Yeah. Um. So. Do you want to start with your rating? Ra- you, you go Do you first. Go? You go first. So, like, 
see, when I say I'm slap bang in the middle, it's because I like everything about the film. I'm saying everything. There's some aspects of the film, but the lighting, the story, and the runtime are all issues for me. However, to counteract that, the acting and the cinematography and the sound design as well, beautiful. And it's kind of like, that's why I'm slap bang in the middle. And if I'm slap bang in the middle, that's only one rating I can give, and that's a five. Fair enough. Like, yeah. I, like I, I, it, it, it sounds too low. Sorry, actually. I was going to say this before, and... No worries. Uh, this sort of needs to be said. Sam's not here, so let's do this out of 15. Right, okay, Carry on. sorry. Okay, so what's half of 15? 7.5? Do you want to give it a point five, or do you want to go for a more general number? I think no point five's allowed for the 15s. Right, uh... Well, I'll round it up because that's what you do with point five. I'll give it eight out of fifteen. Mm. Uh, I, that sounds good, but I don't think it is because no, no fucker rates out of fifteen, do they? No, not at all. And yeah, eight out of fifteen sounds high, but mm. it's not really. It's not. It's yeah, the middle. Yeah, and that, that's that's what you need to take from this. Ignore the number; it's very average, mm. really. Like there's, like I said, the acting, the cinematography, and the sound design—all beautiful things. And the aspect ratio. I think that's another reason I'm in the middle because I'm mm. unsure about it mm. because it is a cop out. However, in some bits it looks nice. Yeah. And the black and white, it works for what it is, but there's just some issues I have with it where I'm like, hmm. But yeah, it's not. For, it's not for everyone. No, no. It, it probably wasn't really for me either. But I didn't. I did. I appreciated it. I wouldn't say I enjoyed no, it, but I appreciated it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> no. I. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, also, I found the film that I was talking about oh, in, the, in the lift. It's called Devil. Devil. Written by M. Night Kebabman. There it is. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's it's all right, you know. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed as a, again, enjoyed it for all the wrong reasons. It's one right. of them, especially me, not supposed to enjoy something like that. But yeah. it's interesting. It's got the mystery element to it. You know, I, I, I didn't mind it anyway. The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Cine Joust. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a mixed bag for me because there's parts of it that I loved, like aspects of it that I loved, mm-hmm. but there's aspects of it that I hated, and then there's also aspects in the middle. It's the most all over the place film and the most mixed emotions I've ever felt yeah. since I saw um, Road Trip, the movie. Road Trip, the movie. In two thousand and two, the, the teen sex it. comedy. Oh right, okay. I like that. Right. Stifflers in all it as well. For the wrong reasons, or wrong reasons, yeah. Wrong reasons. But there was some nice parts in it as well, like some really good storytelling. And I was, I hated myself that I liked it so much. I think that's the same with me with Daddy's Home too. Some nice... You know what? Have you seen the first one? I've seen the first. Dog one. shit, isn't it? It's like, awful. Really bad. You've seen the first Daddy's yeah. Home, and you're like, why did they let the second one get made? But then they made the second one. Fantastic. Phenomenal. The shot, everything. Ph- I, John Cena in both. John Cena's in both. John Cena's really good, you know. He is good very... actor. I'm, I mean, sadly, I was very excited for Fast and Furious Nine with them because obviously John Cena and The Rock, both wrestlers. Yeah. Both like you'd expect to punch them together, same sort of thing. John Cena shits all over the rock. Oh, absolutely. And he... John Cena has got range. Yes. The rock is just the rock, as we've covered on this podcast before. And I think it's the same with Dave Batista. I think Dave Batista has a little bit more range. Batista's probably the best, actually. He's yeah. done a lot of shit. Like, yeah. he's, he can do series, he can do. He does funny really well, which you wouldn't expect from Dave Batista. I've, I've, it's not a great film, but have you seen Final Score? No. He was very good in that. Is that the football one? That's the football yeah. It's not a good film, but mm. he, him himself, very yeah. good. And of course, he's in Marvel. Films. Blade Runner as well. Blade. He was in the last James Bond, or was he in the new James? The last James. The last Bond? one. Yeah. Good. He's, he's a good guy. He's got a really weird look as well, hasn't he? Like when yeah. he played in uh, Blade Runner, we had them little pair of glasses on. He looked terrifying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, John Cena. Have you seen Blockers? 
I ha- see, I'm not a fan of blockers, but he's good on that. Right, now you see, blockers again is a thing I shouldn't like. Yeah. Because it's so, like, mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> blockers and um, Game Night are films that I just took a chance on. I was like, I'll go and see this. Mainly blockers because I thought, I like John Cena. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I used to like wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'll support him. I'll yeah. see what he's like. Because until then, he only really done the films that were made by WWE. Yeah. And like really shit things that no one ever saw, like uh, The Marine and 12 Rounds. But 12 Rounds isn't a bad concept, actually. No, not at all, yeah. Um, Even though there's like eight of them now. Yeah, 12 Rounds reloaded. 24 Rounds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Blockers. John Cena played like the comedy dad in that. Yeah. And you look at John Cena, you're like, he's not paternal he doesn't have any kids he makes it quite open he never wants kids and things like that mm-hmm. plays a fantastic dad plays a fantastic like goofball as well oh he's good he's fucking phenomenal and i mean i, I know you mentioned game night is another for, i know he's not in game yeah, night but game night is like that. i put them because they came out around the same time they and did. i i put them in the same sort of group as like these should i'd no right to be as good as they were yeah but they were fantastic because you told me about Game Night, and I actually watched it on the plane when I went to uh, mm. America. Was that from my recommendation? That was from your recommendation, oh. and I loved it. Yeah, it's really good. And, of course, as soon as I came back, I bought it on DVD. Yeah. Uh, I recommend it to anyone, actually. I, it's, a, it's a watch for anyone. And that's another thing. I, Callum suggested Blockers to me as well. I watch Blockers. I'm not a fan. However, Callum is, so yeah, take really it how good. you will. Um, yeah, give it a watch. Yeah. You know, if you like good, good old-fashioned comedy. Yeah. Probably Blockers is probably the best blockbuster-style mainstream comedy for the past at least, I'm going to say, eight years. I was belly laughing at that little fucker. Yeah. Fantastic. And I say eight years because I'm sort of thinking, when was this Hangover 2? And that was probably the the last funny comedy. And before that was The Hangover, and then before that was the best comedy of the 21st century, Superbad. Mm-hmm. See, um, I, I think I'm going to disagree with that because I think the last best comedy i seen which was released was uh, Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Love that film. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Partridge. You know you know, I am well documented. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a thing about when British films try to do blockbuster style things. It just never Mrs. Really Brown's turns Boys, out. the yeah. movie. It just it never turns out well. I think like British, British films have found their niche yeah. when it's like... You, you sit down to watch it and there's about 50 production companies beforehand and it's really indie and it's like the BFI film for yeah. like Yorgos Lanthimos is classed as a British filmmaker yeah. because he gets his funding from us from the British um, yeah that's that's where we excel indie not fucking attempting to be something we're not no for, uh, good point Callum Alan Partridge trying to find himself at sea would have been fantastic yeah well actually mm. yeah that's a good concept um, should write in so, how my we, rating... How did we start about John Cena? Sorry. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> John Cena um, had a signature move in wrestling called the five-knuckle shuffle. Did he? Which is about wanking. The five-knuckle oh shuffle. Oh, my God, yeah. And That's then amazing. Kids used to say it, and it used to make me laugh, because kids would go, ah, you go for the five-knuckle shuffle, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Nice uh, little I, I'm a big fan of John Cena. Yeah. Massive man as well. Good actor. Good actor. He's on the verge of getting an ego like The Rock, though, I think. And he needs to be careful of that. I think, yeah. No, yeah. He is. Like, because, I mean, The Rock, as you said, he plays The Rock in every mm. film. And I think John Cena, he needs to maybe reel it, pardon me, reel it in just a little bit. The thing is with The Rock, he's good at 
the some of the stuff he does, like um, what he started out with, like uh, Tooth Fairy and things like that, when it's like jokey, lighthearted. And until, like, he went into Fast and Furious and he started taking himself too seriously. Yeah. Because he thinks he's an actor now. But uh, everyone sees Fast and Furious as a big joke anyway, so you're not a serious actor. Mm. But then he sort of jumped back into what he was good at with Jumanji. And I seen Jumanji and I thought, yeah, this is what he's, this is what he needs to stick to because this is where he excels, being mm-hmm. funny and like not taking himself too seriously. Yeah. But then he tries to like get involved in more serious shit. Because uh, I, I was about to call it double indemnity. What's the one he did with Kevin Hart? Where he's a double indemnity. <laughs> Billy Wilder's turning <laughs> in his grave. The, 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 his corpse will come and smack is you. Is it double intelligence? Central intelligence. Seldren- yeah, that was shit. Shit. <laughs> I own that on Blu-ray, unfortunately. Why? I went through a phase of, if I wanted to watch a film, I'd just buy it. Oh, God. So I'd, I'm stuck with all of these shite Blu-rays from, like, 2014 that were all oh. shit. I feel, I actually, like, when you said you bought that on Blu-ray, that hurt me mm. a little bit. I think my mate Ryan, he bought it on Blu-ray once when I was with him, and I was like, oh. And obviously he was in Baywatch as well, but we won't talk we about We won't that. talk about Baywatch. That's um, like a... Yeah, anyway, my rating of Lighthouse. Sorry, yeah. Um... Yeah, it, as I said, mixed bag. Things I like, things I was the things I really didn't like. So out of fifteen, I think to be fair to the film, and the 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 craftsmanship, and what I always champion on this podcast is originality of the idea yeah. and originality of the execution. Because too many things are too similar now. Yeah. So with that being said, I'll give it an eleven out of fifteen. Nineteen out of thirty. Not the good bin. Not in the good bin. Oh, it's in the shit bin. It's in the shit bin. Oh. Because I, for me, it's it, I don't know. I, but no, no. Mm. See, no, you've said it. I, I don't know if eight's too low. I think eight might be too low. Out of fifteen. I love. I, I, this is going to sound like a drastic jump, just for simply because I don't think it deserves the shit y- bin. The shit bin. Mm. I'm going to put it eleven. Yeah. So the same as you? Yeah, 22. Just, th- th- re- listen to me now, before anyone writes angry comments. <laughs> this The only reason why I'm giving it 11 is because it definitely does not deserve to be in the shit bin. Mm. My honest opinion of the film is an A out of 15. However, I'm giving it an 11. Is that allowed? Of course it, it doesn't, Callum, it doesn't deserve to be in the shit bin. We'll take, if we're being honest. We'll take Sam's opinion into account and we'll say that's what we're doing. Should we, should we get his letterbox review up and then we'll add them together? Yeah. Just because this is a shamble. <laughs> uh, the lighthouse. Oh, we're, we're on our way out now. We, we don't know when we'll be back. I'm so, I'm sorry to all the loyal listeners. Sam, um, give it a four and a half. Out of five. Out of five. What did I give it? You give it a three and a half. What did you give it? I give it a three and a half. I think that seems about right. 22. 22 out of 30. Well, I mean, if you do Yeah. Yeah. Just about. It was all right, wasn't it? It was pretty good. Right then, <laughs> we got it in the good bin. Sort of, not really, but we did. It's in the right. I'm I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. I'm gonna stick with my uh, eight out of ten. However, spiritually, it's in the good bin, which I know we've never done before. Can we do that? <laughs> yes, we can. It's in the good bin. It's in the good 22 bin. Twenty-two out of thirty equals spiritual, uh, unofficially. Yeah, like the like the ray bands you get sold on the beach in Spain. Unofficial. Unofficial. I've but got still, unofficial. but they're still ray bands. They're still pretty good. Um, so. Got any lasting notes then? Next week. Um, nothing. Nothing. Or maybe there is. Maybe it'll all be cured by next week. But I doubt it. Well, I mean, we're on Easter break. We probably won't see you again for at least a month. At least a month. That's fair. I mean, we'll keep you updated on yeah. the socials. Maybe if we feel like it, we might do like a really shit version on our phones. Maybe, yeah. Mm. 
If, if it comes down to that, we will, yeah. We want to get something between now and September, but you're yeah. probably looking at a handful, if yeah. that. Um, we love you all like family members. Yeah. Brad loves you all like the daddy never had. Yep. I love you all like the sister I was never able to have sex with. And Sam just loves you. Uh, Sam yeah. loves you like the former family he never had. Yeah. Because he has a former cat. Yeah. Sorry, Sam, if you hear this. Who are? Who are? Um, he's not here to defend himself. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. Sorry. Love you. See you in September. <laughs> so, as always, I am exclusively known in Puerto Rico as El Greco the Great, the first ever world heavyweight professional wrestling champion in 1922 <laughs> on the island of Puerto Rico. Right. Callum Simpson. And I have gained my new title this episode. Is it the GP fucker? <laughs> I am... Um, Brad Edley. Coming to a GP near you to suck off the doctors. <laughs> That's me, baby. Everyone stay safe. Everyone yep. wash your fucking hands. Yep. Hopefully summer isn't ruined and we can still get on with some of the things that haven't been cancelled. Um, I would like to be in a confined space with thousands of people very soon so they can cough all over me. And I hope you all think the same too. Yep. Um, for now, we don't know when we'll see you again. It's not you, it's me. Yep. This is not goodbye, it's just see you later, baby. This is Sinajow signing off for the coronavirus pandemic. Maybe we'll die, maybe we won't. But one thing's for certain, we'll always love you. Oh, Ta-ra. Ta-ra.